What is up, beautiful Dynasty Leaguers? Welcome back to the Dynasty Dynamic. I'm your host, Max Cascons, joined by the man who loves him some broken tackles at the college level, a.k.a. the Run DMC, a.k.a. Mr. Dan McAuliffe, and by the Moose, who has broke his Twitter hibernation after a couple of weeks and months. I'm talking about at DFF Moose, a.k.a. Mr. Mike McAuliffe. Gentlemen, how are we doing tonight? Ooh, not too shabby, man. Glad to be uh, back in the saddle. A new year, new us, new podcast, uh, and new offseason, right? Which, as we said, it's always always a little rough to see the season uh, go by. It goes by way too fast. But the beauty of Dynasty, as we always talk about, is the offseason is probably my sometimes my favorite part of the season <laughs> because then we get on to all the rookie stuff. You're doing all your trades. So uh, I'm a happy man. No complaints here. That's right. It was a break-even kind of year for uh, for myself. I know a lot of third-place finishes here, getting those getting those buy-ins back. Right. But, uh, <laughs> the buy-in the buy-in bowls were definitely high-strung this year. <laughs> Spend all this time on on this on this fantasy game and, and break even at zero dollars. So, but hey, right? Looking forward. Maybe to that's some why new I like the off-season so much. I yeah. like the off-season so much because you can't lose you, you can't lose, lose games in the off-season. It's like everyone wins. Everyone that's wins right. in the off-season. So <laughs> it's the real season that hurts me every time. Speaking of grinding it out, I mean, we are recording after a night of uh, three quarters of field goals in the college football <laughs> oh, national baby. championship. So kickers that matter, was, baby. Uh, <laughs> That's I, right. I, I asked you guys if you watched. Mike told me he watched the first half. I was like, you watched the wrong half of that game. <laughs> <laughs> but but as usual, we are not here to uh, recap college football games. We are here to give out some awards tonight. Some first ever Dynasty Dynamic awards. But before we could even get into that and go down that path, I got to talk about a guy who I've been ridiculed for in, in league chats. I have been, people have hit me in the reviews on the show about this guy. <laughs> Disrespect. And all of a sudden, pro football focus and all these jamokes on Twitter are talking about how good Rashad Penny is. And I'm like, guys, oh. I've been here the whole time. Exactly. The whole time. And... Most of you don't deserve to be tweeting about Rashad Penny right now. <laughs> yep. Legitimately an end of season league winner, a guy whose talent was never in doubt and not even from a, like I was telling everybody that he was good the whole time perspective, but like Rashad Penny, if you're out there and you ever hear this, congratulations, man. Like so Ooh, many injuries, that's cool. grinding his way back to the top. So I couldn't not lead this show with some Rashad Penny talk. Uh. So I'm going to ask you both right now to say nice things about Rashad Penny <laughs> or shut your mic off and leave the show. Right. Absolutely. I, I think we can get on that page. <laughs> oh, Mike, peace now. No, yeah, no positive yeah. Rashad Penny no, talk. I don't, don't want to give Max a time of day. No, you were you were right, man. What do, what do you want me to say? You were right. <laughs> hey, this this no, podcast I, has been pro Penny. Let it be on the record. It has always been pro Penny. So, oh, right. I think if I dug in the archives, Dan, I could find some anti Penny takes <laughs> no, from no, one such fairness, Dan McCall. I never anti. More, I just don't want you to get hurt, Max. And it, you were getting, <laughs> yeah. you were getting You're hurt. Good man. There was no, never a doubt that he was a very talented man, but. Rashad Penny hurt you, and so what I'm very excited about is that you're at least getting the redemption from the uh, truly passionate uh, fan uh, that you've been so far. 
it's it's been a good couple weeks, gentlemen. It's been a good couple <laughs> weeks. I love Mike's updates because I usually don't stay up for the late games and I'm never checking the stats on Sunday. And Mike's like, hey, another Rashad Penny game. Yep. 190 Just so you know, yards from almost Strong. 200 yards. Yeah. Oof. Mike is the official stat keeper for Rashad Penny. But um, <laughs> yeah, and 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 you know what? Shout out to uh, shout out to Ethan, who who you guys know well, Ethan mm-hmm. Gilbert, all our dynasty leagues. His version of Rashad Penny has also come back to life because he's been a Don to Foreman truther since the day I oh, met man. him. So a couple of talented backs coming out of college that struggle with injuries. I know I've already taken us way too far off the rails, but you know, shout out to Rashad Penny, shout out to Foreman, and uh, Ethan and I keeping the flame lit all these years. There we love go. It. You'll love to see it. So with that said, let's get into the first ever Dynasty Dynamic Awards. And right. Mike... I'm going to let you kick it off. Tell us who you're giving the first award to. All right. So uh, this first award is going to be dubbed the zero tight end darling. So I know a lot of people, you know, the the zero RB method has, has floated around, um, you know, fantasy circles over the past few years. Some people, such as Max, love to take the zero tight end uh, route. So the guy that gets this award uh this is given to the waiver wire tight end pickup of the year and this is a no doubter the winner of this award is going to be dalton schultz so uh dalton schultz finished as the tight end three in ppr formats you know he showed flashes of being a pretty solid wide receiver uh tight end last year after you know michael gallup went down um while Prescott also went down Andy Dalton, he was a really sure-handed uh, guy over the middle for them. 63 receptions for 600 yards and four tight, uh, four touchdowns into 2020. So, you know, he showed some flashes, but, you know, the whole conversation this whole time has been, is it going to be him or Blake Jarwin? And uh, shout out to Wes, too, for kind of airing on the side of Dalton Schultz here. So, you know, he was basically on, on most rostered. He was, he was unrostered going into this year for a lot of leagues. And the guy like ends up as third in tight end receptions, uh, finished with eight touchdowns. And most importantly, he really showed up in the playoffs as well. In weeks 15 to 17, he had 22 catches, 203 yards, and two touchdowns over that span. So he was a guy that you could get for basically nothing, probably like $10, $10 on your free agency budget. Um, and, you know, he was he was the perfect example of why, if you're not going to get Kelsey, if you're not going to get Waller, if you're not going to get Kittle – go and just draft your players and then see what tight end comes up on the block uh, on the waiver wire for you to be able to pick up and he's he's perfectly deserving of this award i don't think there's pretty much anything we could add to or argue with there so dan i'm gonna put you on the spot a little bit yeah i just pulled up fantasy pros Superflex rankings which to quickly clarify i was not calling pff jamokes when i was talking about rashad penny earlier i was talking about all these other you know guys coming out of the woodwork talking about how they've been rashad penny fans all the time this is fair. so disclaimer just to clarify <laughs> just, that just to keep everyone happy <laughs> fantasy pros dynasty rankings Superflex, dalton schultz only 25 years old they have him at te 14 i'm seeing him behind mike's boy logan thomas at te 13 <laughs> they have hunter henry at tight end 12 what do you think? Should Dalton Schultz be moving up boards at this point? I would I would say so, yeah. I really I would have him be moving uh up draft boards for sure because the only thing that's kind of just mind-boggling, he he did this without any like crazy change to team dynamic like injury. You see a lot of these tight ends that get um like Logan Thomas, right? He was like one of the only guys that you could be throwing to on uh Washington kind of last year. 
Um, so it's not like there are any crazy injuries where it's like he's going to regress. Like he did this in the face of having uh, CD and Amari Cooper and Zeke and Pollard and all those guys healthy in there. He was part of that team dynamic, which is why I think he went on drafted in a lot of senses because everyone's like too many mouths to feed he's not going to be one of the ones well he was so i'm going to put him ahead because i he produced uh outproduced both of those guys easily and i think he needs to move up dynasty boards yeah one that sticks out to me i'll see if you guys agree they have dawson knox at tight end 11 and Mm -hmm. dawson knox was another great waiver wire tight end pickup this year i snagged him in a bunch of a bunch of places however i mean the season that dalton schultz has put together compared to what Knox also put together as yeah. his best season to date. Yeah. I don't know how I could be taking Dawson Knox over Dalton Schultz easily right now at this point. Agreed. Mostly because Knox's success, and not to knock it, um, but it was <laughs> not off to of, knock not, not to knock it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was um, it was off the the back of tight uh, touchdowns. And that's great. I mean, again, all credit to him. But the, in my opinion, and, and many others, least predictable um, thing from year to year is the amount of touchdowns that you're going to get. So if you're going to take someone who's a little bit more ingrained in the system, was banking off more of uh, receptions and delivering on those receptions, I'm going to have to put the guy who had that production over the guy who had uh, X amount of t- uh, touchdowns that year. There we go. Well, let's just keep it rolling then, Dan. How about uh, how about the first award that you're giving out this year? All right. So this is the... Why didn't we see this coming award? Uh, And this goes to the player who should have been drafted much higher for what are now kind of obvious reasons. And the winner here is Mr. Cooper Cup. We had to give an award to the guy who literally is finishing as the uh, the wide receiver one this season. Uh, And it's incredible how, like, I think we're talking a lot of leagues. People were picking him up in the seventh, eighth round. Um, kind of almost like a Stefan Diggs, uh, if I'm kind of recalling correctly, the year prior where uh, just it was again like, whoa, okay, well, now we get to see his talent and what he's able to do uh, with the quarterback who can throw him the, the ball. And that's exactly what happened here with Cooper Cup. Um, a lot of people were banking on like Robert Woods had a fantastic uh, year the year prior and is, has always been really consistent there. But I think when you see a change like this, especially at the quarterback position with Matty Stafford coming in, um, Robert Woods, in my opinion, profited off of Jared Goff not being that good of a quarterback. <laughs> like, he, he basically got all these continued checkdowns, um, his own run uh, and rush routes uh, to be able to kind of compensate for that. So he started to kind of inflate a lot of his dynasty value. Whereas I think you saw a guy like Kenny Galladay, like these guys who are able to be contested, contested catch, uh, yards after the, the catch type of monsters. Cooper Cup never really had that quarterback. So then when you see Matty Stafford come in, absolutely, there was, there was question marks about it for sure. But you, when you had seen like Cooper Cup blow up in the two years prior, the only thing that people probably had question marks about was his health, because uh, I believe it was ACL um, that he tore in 2019. Uh, and then was kind of recouping into the 2020 season. So to see him, and there were so many signs of like McVay just kind of appraising him to the nth degree, saying he was well ahead of recovery schedule throughout all of last season. And to now just get him a quarterback that is a, we knew was a gunslinger, um, the writing was on the wall. And for some reason, that upside was not built into his price. So I'm super stoked to see the kid succeed. Uh, there were always kind of these blow up games and then we just never got to see his full potential in the first two seasons. Uh, but now we finally did. I, and I think also a, a lack of cam Akers um, going into the first part of the season was another hint there lack of prominent tight end. So 
I think just all the the writing was on the wall. It's one of those things that each season um, you look back, have that hindsight 2020, and he's just now having that hindsight 2020 is one like, man, how did we not take him earlier than he he went this past season? Um, what are you guys' thoughts on on Cooper Cup? I mean, I know, I know he's literally on everyone's radar now as the wide receiver one, but um, what are you guys' thoughts at the moment? Mike, you got a big smile on your face, so I'm going to let you go <laughs> The first. smile is is more of a, a painful smile because early, before the season started, I was I was uh, having some trade talks with, with people, and, and I was given the choice by a trade partner of either including Allen Robinson in the deal or Cooper Cup in the deal, and I chose to give that that person Cooper Cup. So um, what can I say? He had an amazing, amazing season, um, and I, I couldn't agree more with this this award, so... I don't really have too much to say. He's he's a bona fide stud. Uh, if you watch him play, he's just so athletic, so quick, so fast. So I love it. Yeah. I might push back on the Robert Woods talk a little bit. Um, I think Robert Woods is one of those late bloomers, was a super early breakout at USC. Mm. I'm actually kind of surprised. I mean, both he and Cooper Cup are kind of cut from the same cloth, right? Yep. Cooper Cup was not a major school darling coming out and coming into the into the NFL draft. But I think it's super impressive when you see someone that I, I do believe Robert Woods also a very great talent go down in an offense. Yep. And I mean, if I'm a defensive coordinator with the chalkboard in my hand, like I'm double tripling cover Cooper cup on every single play yeah. and he still produced. So to see that he kind of gels with Maddie Stafford with this first year in the league and Stafford's going to be there for a while you know, that team's got a ton of weapons. I would assume that Cooper Cup has skyrocketed up dynasty boards from where he was, you know, over the summer and before that. Um, but I think it's hugely impressive that even with all the weapons they lost, they lost Cam Akers, they lost Robert Woods, like Tyler Higby probably wasn't playing as prominent a role as people thought mm -hmm. he might. Yep. He just continued to absolutely shred week in and week out. Agreed. And by no means was the the argument there um, anti-Woods. I... I I have him in a lot of different leagues and I love the player that he is. I think just the, from a team scheme perspective, you're going to naturally see some of the change of how he was used under a golf system as compared to a Stafford, but it's a big question mark going into next year and something for people who are, who own Cooper cup to keep in mind. Like I I'm ecstatic that he succeeded as much as he did with being double and triple covered going into um, this, this past season. But you might see the ball spread around a little bit more uh, than what it was. Cause again, Cooper Cup triple crown winner this year, number one in receptions, receiving yards, and touchdowns. You Jeez. gotta figure that's not a repeat, but he's still gonna be up in that top twelve uh, for for quite some time, I think. Yeah, I uh, I was going to pull up the Fantasy Pros rankings, but we're already like sixteen minutes into the show, and I want I don't <laughs> want I don't want this to turn into a two hour episode. So I'm gonna keep it moving. Give out my first award, which is the there's always money in the banana stand award <laughs> gentlemen. So um, a shout out to George senior, by the way. And this to me is the award for the player. Who's just an automatic pick, whether it's been your redraft league or your dynasty league or your best ball league. Like this guy is just set it and forget it at the position. And that is Mr. Devonte Adams. So finishing right behind Cooper cup in the, uh, you know, fantasy points scored on the season, but you look at it, Fantasy points per game the last four years. He was number two this year. He was number one last year. He was number six the year before that. And he was number one the year before that. I think dynasty owners 
are finally going to have some weird decisions to make with mm-hmm. Devonte Adams based on the Aaron Rodgers trajectory and just how the whole makeup of this team could kind of be shaken to its core during the off season. But for now, let's just enjoy set exactly. it and forget it. Devonte has been that guy. Uh, anything to add there, gentlemen? I don't, I don't have much to add there. He's, he's just an automatic. If you're, if he's the kind of guy that if you're going up against him, you are afraid. You know, he's just the type of guy that at any given moment he can, he's gonna put up twenty plus points. You know, so I, I yep. love, I love that pick. The, the only thing I'm gonna say along with that is he's one where if there wasn't all this buzz um, about trades and Rogers, et cetera, he'd probably be a clear kind of sell. Um, for me, just because then people wouldn't be concerned about um, like the future. But I think enough people are savvy about the future that I just urge listeners don't sell low on him just because you want to be able to get out from him. But then everyone else is wise to the news. Um, you, there's always it's not always just buy or sell. There's just a hold. And he's a great player to have on your team. And if he retires on your team because he's probably going to continue to be good for a good little while. Great. Just urging people to make sure that they aren't like, oh, now he's turning old and I need to sell him for a second uh, because everyone else in my league is wise to all the crazy news. Don't let that happen. Yeah, and I do think when you're selling a guy like this, um, there's that extra brand recognition. I did it with DeAndre Hopkins um, last season and still commanded that premium price for him in one of my leagues, right? So I think you do... Because he's been Mr. Consistent and Mr. Automatic, I think you're probably going to get a little bit more for him than maybe a comparable name that's been more up and down in his career. But, Mike, you do not get put on the spot enough on this show. So I'm going to put you on the spot right now. Fair enough. Ooh, baby. Let's say Aaron <laughs> Rodgers Let's say Aaron Rodgers leaves. Are you thinking steep, steep decline for Devontae Adams' production next year? I'm definitely not thinking steep decline. I think that there's something to be said for the connection that these two have. Um, I, I would be, I would be definitely a little bit worried if, or, or very worried, debatably very worried if, if Aaron Rodgers does decide to leave, because uh, I'm assuming the backup plan is going to be Jordan Love. Um, we just haven't seen much of him on the field through three years now. So, you know, I, he's obviously still immensely talented. He's going to get the targets. He's going to get, um, you know, he's going to get his due, but as far as the touchdown rates, I might be a little bit worried about that for sure. He, Devontae Adams would go from a lock, you know, high-end wide receiver one for me to a back-end wide receiver one, high, high-end wide receiver two. So that's that's my only worry is the, the touchdown upside. Yeah, he'd be taking the uh, DeAndre Hopkins-Tom Savage test, find that's out whether he's quarterback-proof. Yep, <laughs> so. exactly. But, Mike, let's, let's throw it back to you, giving out a second award here. All righty, so... This next award is going to be uh, the Secret Weapon Award. So this award is given to the player who came uh, basically out of nowhere towards the back half of the season and, most importantly, thrived throughout the playoffs. So this award is going to go to Amon Ra St. Brown. You know, this guy, in the in the last six games um, of the season, he averaged 25 fantasy points per game, which is ridiculous. He was averaging eight and a half catches in 93 yards per game. And in those six games, five out of those six games, he scored a touchdown. So he was absolutely automatic. Uh, Obviously, TJ Hawkinson going down in that back half of the season was a huge factor in him getting this spike in target share. He was, you know, getting double digit targets every single game. Um, DeAndre Swift being out for at least, you know, three or four, maybe even five of those six games, um, obviously definitely factored into this here. But 
you know, this is a guy that a lot of people did like as, um, you know, a second round pick, uh, rookie pick this past year. He didn't really do all of uh, a whole lot in the first half of the season. But if you had this guy in your roster, you know, it might have taken a few games for you to really trust him as a starter. But come come that fourth or fifth game, he was an absolute lock in people's lineups and he probably won a lot of people championships. So he was the definition of a secret weapon this year in fantasy. Yeah. yeah, he feels so inter. Oh, go ahead, Dan. No, I, I mean just to, just to play off of it, he definitely was uh, someone that no one expected to be able to go out like that, and almost to play off of what you were saying, Max, with uh, Cooper Cup. Like having all these other weapons gone, people are like, oh well, of course he got funneled targets. But yeah, targets at that point where you're very likely to be uh, shadowed or sometimes even double covered because they're like, all right, we guard this one guy, and then they're not going to get any points. So it's it's really um, it's always hard to have that argument of like, okay, it was it was totally force fed targets because I think he earned them because he was so productive with them. Uh, to a point where I do think you have to take that into account going to next season. Yeah, and this, it's funny because, you know, we're still not that many months removed from rookie drafts. I mean, Sam Brown was routinely available late second at the earliest. I mean, I got him in a couple of uh, third rounds. And, you know, this is somebody at USC, like, had a breakout sophomore year. Maybe it's because he only played six games last year during the COVID season, right? The shortened season for the college teams. But it feels like we all collectively as a dynasty community uh, missed on this one a little bit. Cause clearly there's some talent here and it's one thing to talk about Cooper cup. Who's a seasoned veteran at this point, being able to beat the double coverages, beat the one-on-ones with the top corners in the league. But this guy's a rookie getting yeah. thrown to by Jared Goff on That's a really right. bad lions yeah. team for most yeah. of the year. So uh, color me impressed for sure. Totally agree. So Dan second award time, who are you going to? All right, so the next award we have is the Eat Your Broccoli or No Dessert Award. And this is uh, for the player who is the least sexy player to own or play, but is actually really good for your team, a.k.a. Eat Your Vegetables, the Popeye effect, being able to have someone on there. Whereas, yeah, it's a little gross to be able to to, to stomach at first, but, man, that production is there. And... um, I apologies for teeing it up this way because I don't mean no shade, but the winner is Mr. Hunter Renfro on the uh, the Las Vegas Raiders. There, uh, I can't tell you how many times I was in certain conversations and trades, etc., and someone was trying to to s- literally sometimes sneak in a Hunter Renfro. I'm like, nah, nah I don't want anything. I don't want any of that. <laughs> uh, partially because of just the unbridled love for the 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 wish that never happened in Brian Edwards and be like, someday he's going to, he's going to be the guy and he's going to take over all of this, but uh, never was. And in the meantime, he had Hunter Renfro just slaying uh, wide receivers, 17 and fantasy points per game. Often in many cases, very end, if not undrafted in a lot of cases um, for at least shorter kind of benches there. Um, he was eighth in receptions, ninth in yards uh, after catch and 10th in total touchdowns. Second, in, t- in catch rate he's he's a target hog he's a monster he's uh he's again like a like a, a julian edelman type of role where he's just like he's getting these cuts over the middle of the field he is fearless he is able to be so shifting turn on a dime and he just 
makes guys look silly. Some of his routes are just stupid. And you're like, how is this kid uh, doing this? Uh, it just was not on anyone's radar as a as a guy who literally was like the wide receiver one on his, uh, his own team. So it's it just goes to show, like, in my opinion, uh, set your biases, uh, check them at the door, and make sure you're being as open-minded as possible um, because there are diamonds in the rough always in this in, in this game that we play and it's not going to always be the guy uh that was sexy in rookie drafts uh going up sometimes there's going to be these guys that come out of necessity uh have crazy work ethic and have a lot more talent than you actually figured uh so i'm i'm stoked to see the kid succeed uh i really hope he continues that way and honestly i think he's a potential buy low because uh, you're going to have a lot of people who just for some reason let him fly under the radar uh, and just don't want uh, to, to own him just because he doesn't come with maybe the name recognition and brand recognition that we were uh, saying like you get from a, a Devonta Adams. So uh, what are you guys' thoughts on uh, Hunter Renfro and what he did this year? Dynasty Leaguers, that might be four or five of the best minutes of Dan McAuliffe ever <laughs> on this show. I love that. That was fantastic. Um I remember watching Hard Knocks, and I believe it was Gruden kind of poking fun at Renfro throughout that whole season, yeah, saying yeah, he looked like was. he looked like somebody's pool boy exactly. was trying someone's out for the accountant, team or someone's accountant, someone's pool like boy. That. Exactly, he's he's heard <laughs> it all, and he just well, one of those guys is still in the NFL, and uh, <laughs> exactly. he's making plays and uh, making making people rethink. Like you said, check your biases at the door. Uh, Mike, anything to add on Hunter Renfro? I don't. I don't really have a whole lot to add. I mean, I, I think you know the the signs were there. There were there were times in past years where Renfro would have blow up games, especially in PPR leagues. He would be um, able to you know fill in here and there for someone as a as a flex uh, starter. But this year, you know, with the unfortunate situation situation with uh, Henry Ruggs going down, as well as uh, Darren Waller um, getting injured, he had his time to shine and he really took advantage of it. Him and Carr looked like a really good combo. Uh, and I would not be surprised to see him remain a wide receiver two type heading into next year. Love and it. I will, I will take the bullet on this one. I mean, these are the kinds of guys that I miss on left and right mm. in dynasty leagues. He's 5'10", 185 pounds, not overly athletic, was a late breakout at Clemson and never eclipsed 650 yards at the college level. And yeah. this is when... When we talk about process, right, we have our process for a reason. Dan and I talked a lot about this on the last show that we did. But you got to you, you remember that the numbers only tell you so much, right? Same thing that you read these articles about how Rashad Penny was this close to retiring, right? Because those yep. injuries took such a toll on him. Hunter Renfro has worked his ass off to get where he is. And good for him. But these are... 100% the players that I miss on yeah. in my dynasty leagues left and right throughout the process. All right. I'll take the silence as let's move on to the next <laughs> award. I love it. So <laughs> I'm going to keep it rolling here um, and uh, give out the lowered expectations award, which uh, mad TV used to do a great dating skit called lowered expectations. And that just, when, when I looked at the Joe Mixon stat sheet, that's kind of what it conjured up in my mind. This guy who is just all people always hyping him every year and he's just breaking hearts left and right. It's not that he's even had bad seasons. He's just never turned in that super high-end season that people wanted to. And I put together for some old work colleagues, 
when I'm doing, you know, my redraft stuff, I just kind of scratch out some notes and build a cheat sheet for those guys. And the number one thing people said when I sent out the cheat sheet this year was, uh, really, Joe Mixon? He, I've, I've drafted him so many times and it's just never really worked out. And I'm like, got to trust the process. Got to trust the production. Here we are, end of the year, RB3 in half PPR, RB4 in full PPR. And as somebody who I believe is either already 26 or about to turn 26, he's going to be a very interesting guy to monitor where he's going in dynasty startups this off season. So Mike, I'm going to toss it to you thoughts on Joe Mixon. I I'm very happy to see him succeed. I know he was the type of guy that I didn't have in a lot of dynasty leagues because, you know, I, I personally was one of those people that was just, you know, worried a bit about the injury that he was coming off of uh, in 2020, but I was able to snag him in a couple redraft leagues, which was the perfect uh, compromise. So, you know, he was part of obviously a super high octane offense this year. Joe Burrow just looked like an absolute stud and and Joe Mixon was able to benefit from obviously he was playing super well, but he was able to get a lot of touchdowns this year as well. So um, I I love it. I definitely think um, at this point it does. Is he still signed now? Uh, he had signed a, a contract extension. Oh yeah, no? he's, exactly. he's under contract. Yeah, and if I'm not mistaken, I believe that that contract is actually sort of um, not not an empty contract in the sense of not having guaranteed money. He has he has a good good amount of guaranteed money on that deal. So I think that the Bengals. Uh, believe in him I think he's going to be around uh, for at least the next few years to come and I think you know if someone this is a situation where if someone is trying to sell high on Joe Mixon I wouldn't be afraid of maybe trading for him right now so um, he it's good to see him succeed this year Dan I'm looking at fantasy pros Superflex rankings right now yes, sir. they have Joe Mixon in dynasty at RB7 the names above him are Dalvin Cook your guy, DeAndre Swift, <laughs> Alvin Kamara, Najee Harris, Christian McCaffrey, Jonathan Taylor. Joe Mixon above any of those names for you right now? Ooh, I I could honestly see I I'm so neck and neck um with Dalvin Cook. I think that makes sense to have him there. I would be bumping Alvin Kamara down. He has more question marks for me than Joe Mixon does right now. Joe Mixon has Joe Burrow in a high-octane offense um, that is going into the playoffs right now. I love Alvin Kamara, but, like, there's more questions about just, like, what's going on in general um, down that way. Dalvin Cook, a little bit of injury stuff here and changing coach. So those are the only ones I would kind of consider. But, like, if we're doing, like, tier break stuff, I have those guys in the same tier. And then Swift's Jonathan Taylor just to edge above just due to age. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Well, we're going to throw it back to Mike to round out his uh, his third and final award for the 2021 season. That's right. So this next award uh, is the Oh, What Could Have Been Award. So this award is given to a player who had a potential breakout season get cut short, unfortunately, by an injury. Uh, my winner here for this award is going to be Elijah Moore. Um, so Elijah Moore started off the season, uh, definitely not invisible by any means, but, um, in his first, I think it was his first five or six weeks, really, really nothing spectacular. He didn't, uh, have anything more than maybe one double digit fantasy point finish. Um, but after the, the bye week in week six for the jets, um, Elijah Moore came out in week seven to 13, averaging 18 points per game. And let's just remind everyone, too, four out of these six games, 
were with Joe Flacco and Mike White at quarterback. Not saying that Mike Who? White didn't. Yeah, right. Exactly. So I think it's like it, it, obviously Zach Wilson didn't even look that great at, at some points in the beginning of the season too, but. Elijah Moore just he really kicked it into another gear he just looked like clearly the best weapon on that offense um, alongside maybe Michael Carter but um, it's just too bad you know I thought um, you know he was he was obviously a uh, a high second round rookie pick to mid second round rookie pick for a lot of people a lot of people really liked um, what he what he had going on you know coming out of Ole Miss and playing with some really good wide receivers on his own team and still um, you know, just showing this immense talent ability to, you know, he's just a, an absolute vacuum as a, as a receiver. And it's just too bad. He, he went down, uh, spent time, spent some time on the injured list and then the COVID list. And then, you know, as any smart losing team is going to do, if their stud rookie is not healthy towards the end of the season, they're not going to play him. So he didn't get to see any time in the fantasy football playoffs, but Oh, what could have been uh, really <laughs> looking forward to Elijah Moore next year as a sophomore. Yeah, he was a tough one for Dan and I to detangle in rookie rankings as the process kind of played itself out, right? It was like we kind of knew Jamar Chase was sitting at the top and then it was like you were shuffling things out from there. He was always going in the second round. It was like, do we put Rondell Moore here? Do we put Elijah Moore here? Do we put Terrace Marshall here? Yeah. Um, Dan, I'm going to throw it to you, put you on the spot. You're building the dynasty team right now. Mm -hmm. Would you rather have Elijah Moore or Elijah Mitchell? Oh, I mean Elijah Moore. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Mike's yeah. face was so good. We we we, we do agree, we stand uh, Elijah Mitchell here, but uh, Elijah Moore, a hundred percent. And you know, it's Mike. These unfortunate ones, like any anyone who wins this award going forward, uh, you just you chalk it up and put them in the buy column immediately because mm -hmm. you're gonna have so many people that don't really put together the full narrative. They see the didn't start great, the didn't end great, meh, move on to the next thing. Yeah. Um, th you're, there's going to be plenty of savvy people, but, man, this just creates great opportunity uh, to get good value. And so if there's one moral of the story, it's go by Eliza, Elijah Moore because he is uh, a stud in the making. Yeah, I mean, great prospect profile. Um, obviously had a ton of target competition at Ole Miss with DK Metcalf and A.J. Brown. Like, He's somebody we loved, was put in a pretty unideal situation, and uh, you know we definitely saw the flash. So I like the award, Mike. I know we were talking off the air about how Derrick Henry could have also been a fit for this That's award, right. but I like you in true Dynasty style, going with the rookie, That's going right. with the up-and-comer. <laughs> and normally this is where we throw it back to Dan for his third award, but I want to save his for last. Okay, for there reasons. we go. That is fair. So... I'm going to steal it here and try not to get sued by Soul Asylum along the way because this is the Runaway Hype Train Never Coming Back Award. And this one goes to Hot Topic player on this show all summer, all season long, Mr. Kyle Pitts. And Kyle Pitts had a stellar rookie season, like absolutely exceeded my expectations. Anybody who's sitting with him in Dynasty right now I mean, depending on the price you paid, uh, he's probably super happy with their investment. But the problem was, especially in seasonal leagues this year, the hype train was just out of control. It got to a point where no matter what Kyle Pitts was humanly capable of this year, he was just never going to have that return on investment. I mean, Dalton Schultz came off the waiver wire and outproduced him, right? Yep. So it was just so tough. He was going in like the third, fourth round in some of these seasonal leagues. And 
number 90 overall score in PPR. So unfortunately, we let what could have been a great rookie season at cost become a less than stellar investment at the price you had to pay for Kyle Pitts, yeah. which leads me to the real question I want to ask right now, which is, Dan, I'm going to you first, and mm-hmm. then Mike gets the easier one because he goes second. Is Kyle Pitts the number one tight end in Dynasty right now? Yes. Yeah, I, I, I would put him in there easily. You look at some of the comps for what he did with the season for how few touchdowns, and he is up there with some names, like the DeAndre Hopkins-like type of stuff. So to have that type of comp at the tight end position, just insane. Um, so the age that you have him at, et cetera, not to detract from you saw great stuff from Mark Andrews um, and him being able to kind of re- bump up the, the rankings there a little bit. You see Kelsey tick down a little bit, Kittle in the middle. I'm, I'm putting pits uh, from what we see saw out of him this year. The ceiling is just enormous. Mike, is it Logan Thomas at number one or is it Kyle yeah, Pitts? I would say that Kyle Pitts probably comes in right behind Logan Thomas. Um, <laughs> at, you know, <laughs> no, 100%. I'm, I didn't. I don't have uh, any shares of Kyle Pitts, but uh, because of the fact that you, you just brought up the point, Max, yep. that people were really <laughs> – people would there was always one person in each league that would fanboy Kyle Pitts immediately and good for them jumping on uh, on him now because – at this point, you know, you could probably, if there's there's someone that maybe invested a third round startup pick and is very disappointed that Kyle Pitts didn't finish as the, the tight end one, maybe they want to move off of him. But I think at this point going forward, it's going to be more and more difficult to trade for Kyle Pitts. Um, Mark Andrews, obviously, with a great year, but I think um, there's something to be said with the, the situation. It, you know, Tyler Huntley really seemed to latch on to him uh, this year, and I think that, you know, those targets may have been inflated a tad. Um, but, yes, Kyle Pitts, number one uh, dynasty tight end for me going forward. One of the best uh, midseason tweets that I saw, and uh, I, I would credit the person if I knew who they were. Maybe I'll go dig it up. But it was when Kyle Pitts was pacing towards all these Ditka records for a rookie tight end, and somebody was showing the numbers, and some some rando on Twitter came in and just basically said, are you really a tight end if you play less than 25% of your snaps in line? Hashtag justice for Ditka. So <laughs> Kyle Pitts was He's a, wide a hot topic. I... I will admit I can squint and see the Mark Andrews argument for, mm-hmm. for I've seen mm-hmm. some hot takes saying Mark Andrews is the new tight end dynasty or uh, tight end one in dynasty. I can squint and see it if I really try, but given the age difference and given the prospect profiles, I'm, I'm taking Kyle Pitts. Yeah. I, I have him at number one too. I think he was pretty much number one as soon as he stepped foot on the NFL and we saw, mm-hmm. or as soon as he stepped foot on the field and we saw that he was competent. Honestly. Exactly. That's yep. kind of how I feel too. So, but I did screw the order up. So we're going to bring it back. Let Dan take us home with the last 2021 <laughs> Dynasty Dynamic Award. Baby. These have been fun, by the way. I hope we could make this uh, an annual affair there. Annual yeah, traditions, right? Um, all right. So let's wrap it up here with the final award. We have the So You're Saying There's a Chance Award. Paying a little <laughs> homage to the, uh, the Dumb and Dumber fans at V. Um, this is the player who's been a disappointment but may have proven relevant this season. And as Max said, we were alluding to someone that we may have touched on at the top of the show, and that is Rashad Penny. Holy crap. Just being able to see this. this <laughs> It's still a small sample size. Um, so we the, the question always has been and continues to be just health because the talent is 
immense. That's always been the argument. The talent's there. Can he stay on the field? And he's never prior been able to string together more than honestly, like a couple games before being taken back off. So it always kind of the past five games you've been watching this being like, all right, what's going to happen next week? It's going to be his toes going to fall off and then he's out for another season. Like something is wrong here because it's going so right. So let's take a look at the last five games uh, for rushing yards and the leaders there. Number one, you have Rashad Penny with 671 yards. If you were to take just his yards after contact, he would be second in total uh, rushing yard leader. Then you have Jonathan Taylor, and you know how we feel about Jonathan Taylor. That's impressive. It's a small, it's only five games, but man, I mean, that's it, one third of the, uh, the, the season right there. Like, that's a decent chunk uh, to be able to at least start to get really excited about it. Uh, and you also know that um, they're not uh, going into the playoffs and he really has no chance uh, beyond like a random workout accident, uh, suffering any injuries there. So now you can look going into next year being like, OK, cool, he, he should hopefully be healthy that way. Um, Chris Carson, love him. He's been an absolute bruiser, but the way this play style that he had always was going to help have a shelf life, right? I'm wishing the best for him because he's actually been suffering from a pretty uh, gruesome injury that way, and I hope he's able to come back. But I think you're starting to see a natural changing of the guard there, uh, and you were never really sure, but between these two oft-injured players, you hope they're at least going to give it to the younger guy and be able to, to ride him for the next few seasons. Um, the only question at this point for Rashad Penny is Seahawks passed on his fifth year option. Um, so you got to figure out, they got to work something out now. If he's going to be sticking with the team, I hope they do because I think he fits that very well. Um, but again, just uh, a guy that we were talking about Joe Mixon burning people. Well, at least he was, uh, putting up general numbers for people where they drafted him. Rashad Penny was just dead to rights for so long. So to see this resurgence, I am super stoked to see it. Mike, anything to add, buddy? I think you already said it earlier, Max. I was I was low key rooting for <laughs> for this to happen as it, as it started to develop. It was like this this can't keep happening. Every single game, it was automatic, hundred plus yards and a touchdown. So awesome to see it happen. Uh, I won't lie. As much as I like to say I told you so, uh, you definitely <laughs> you were you were on this from the beginning, and I love it. It's great, great for the brand, great for the great for the podcast. <laughs> we'll, we'll end we'll end with Narrative Street, which is typically Dan's job on this podcast. It's true. Did you guys see the quotes from Pete Carroll out of curiosity about the Penny situation? No. Seen a few, yeah. but I, I hit us. What do you, which they, one you they, they asked him if they had any plans to bring Rashad Penny back, and his response was Chris Carson should be healthy by camp. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Seahawks Nation. Oh, this is why man. you can't have nice things. Yeah, yeah. seriously. Exactly. So, Belichick on see. the phone right now. <laughs> <laughs> that, would be, that would be a three headed monster <laughs> of the backfield. Right. But um, this was fun. Like you said, Dan, yeah. this was good. So we will uh, we will make this an annual tradition. Good way to close the book on 2021 and kind of look back at some some diamonds in the rough and uh, some various other musings and basically an easy way for us to make obscure movie references. And also such. true. So easy way always, for us to inject those. <laughs> always good fun. But as the calendar flips, college football national championship is behind us as of last night. So this is prospect season. So that's what we're going to be digging into, giving you guys more prospects, more mock drafts, more talking about dynasty and where we're moving these guys up and down boards. But getting out of here for today, this is the Dynasty Dynamic. You stay classy, Dynasty Leaguers. Thanks for tuning in.
Milk was a bad choice. 